Intro. And three. Walk one to the people damn. Energy. We're so about to talk about. Let's start again. What people taking over the land. Start from five. Start from five. Five, four, three, two. What's going on? Sorry, I thought you were going to say one for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Thanks for listening to another episode of the ABCs of Black podcast. If you're wondering whose voice this is, you shouldn't be wondering. It's the American Americano, which is what you should be ordering every morning for breakfast at Starbucks, at Tim Hortons, Dunkin' Donuts, wherever you get your coffee from. My name is Redman. I am the A. I am Ty. I am the B. Almost falling asleep listening to Redmond's intro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm JC, the C Mike, and you are not your black past. Yes, yes. And today's episode is gentrification. That's why I mentioned Starbucks and coffee. Mm-hmm. You got to get the references. And as a Sorry. random side note, Ty. Long winded. <laughs> Ty, in. Uh, the part of England that you're from, obviously, like we have uh, Tim Hortons, America has Dunkin' Donuts as not their fancy, but their cost their coffee, their their cost efficient everyday coffee shop. What do you guys have as a chain? Yeah, that's what it was. It's Costa, Costa or coffee. Starbucks, Costa, or okay. and Greg's. But if it's about gentrification, you know that it's being gentrified when a Costa comes and then a Starbucks comes. Oh, Costa's high level. Costa comes before Starbucks. Mm. So when Wait, the Costa, Costa is better than no, Starbucks? No, 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 no. It's worse. So that's what I'm saying. Oh. As as the as the gentrification begins, mm. the first level one is Costa. Oh, there's a Costa here. Oh, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> and then once the star- Starbucks comes, you can no longer afford rent. <laughs> So wait, you that means Costa is better. So no, that means if you want no. you want Costa, not Starbucks, because then I mean you would prefer high. a Costa in your area in terms of rent. But one's the precursor to the next. Yeah, like, but uh, once one comes, yeah. the next, okay. next coming. Come yeah, because I didn't give see. It your, give it eighteen months. When I was staying in Shortage, I didn't see any Starbucks over there, but I did see. Well, Costa, Costa. Coffee is uh, more. There's more of them in the UK. Yeah, like that's, okay. um, I think that's probably one of the most popular tra- chains. So we have Costa Coffee, then we have Pret. It's French. It means it's ready French, to eat. Yeah. Oh. They have, have those, millions of them. Loads of them. But th- that's your basic Tim Hortons coffee shops? No, no Pret no, no, no. is so like a sandwich. You can get sandwiches, sandwiches. And shit. What's the basic Tim Hortons? So our basic Tim Hortons would probably be Greg's. Oh Greg's, okay. Yeah, Greg sounds super basic. Ours would be Greg's. So Greg's is a British, it's a bit British bakery shop. Uh-huh. They sell like um, coffees and stuff. It's not as like, it's not as vast as Tim Hortons because they don't do like, um, you know how like uh, Tim, Tim has like, t- no, they have donuts and they have their little like, mm. um, we call them uh, Greg what bits? They no, they're not called Greg <laughs> Bits. Up, oh man. my god, <laughs> like, shut up! <laughs> but yeah, so Tim, so Greg's Greg's Bakery, Greg's is like a pastry shop. You go and get coffee, you get you go get your tea, you go and get hot chocolate, and then you get all your pastry stuff before you right. go to work and stuff. We would have Greg's, then afterwards, you'd have Costa financially. You go to Costa next again, they do sandwiches, giving more Tim's, right. Um, but that's still quite new in the grand scheme of coffee shops in the UK. Right. Um, and then after that, you have Starbucks and Pret. Like, that's the more high-end. Gotcha. pret Maj is one of the first places where I was... It was interesting because you you want to get the sandwich to go, it's mm. this price. You want to stay and eat the sandwich, it's a little bit more What? Yeah, because they give you, like... They give you, like... Um, a plate? Plates and stuff, yeah. 
Yeah, you gotta pay a little bit extra be to, just, to but, stay. But it smart, maybe like a pound but or smart so. people, but smart Two people, dollars. but smart people just say no. I want it to go, and then you just sit down. <laughs> yeah, like what are you talking about? But they normally they vary in in size now. There's a pret mange here now, and really? also yeah, there's yeah. there's some inside. There's randomly there's some inside A and W's. So like yeah, down, downtown, and yeah. across from City Hall on John really? Street. Yeah, there's John like Street. one inside. And mind you, they make. I don't know if the one here is good, but they have really good sandwiches because they also they toast them and stuff for you. Mm. Um, and then they have like f- fruit pots and stuff like that. But they also have like these mac and cheese um trays that were really good in the UK. I don't know if they could. No, it was a. Let not. me tell you something. I like love that, Pret. It's it's it's, it's actually very dope. nice. It's like it's like a nice coffee shop slash sandwich shop. They also have a little bakery. You can get cookies mm-hmm. and muffins and stuff. And like I said, it's... Fresh juices. Juices, all of that stuff. And you can just you just grab the sandwiches, right? Mm. And then you go up to the counter. It was a new experience for me because, you know, when you ain't never been into one, you're like, what do I do? Do I take the sandwich and then go? Like, I, I was confused. questions, boy. Because you could also order stuff, I think, the one I went to. Like, you can order stuff that I don't think they had... On the side, on yeah. The, on the side. Like, mm-hmm. you could actually order food and stuff. But, uh... It made me. It was one of the things where I was like, "I love London." Yeah, I love Pret. There's a lot of reasons to love London. There's a lot of reasons to love London. Agreed. Pretemage is one. Is one of them, even though it's French. It's, it's French, yeah. It's Parisian. By the way, side note, and we're gonna get into gentrification. <laughs> I promise. When you have a pastry in Paris, you will never want a pastry anywhere else. Really? Ever again? I literally had the best croissants in my life. Yeah, I'm, it should be that way. And if it the isn't that sad. best to the point where like if I see even bread, yo, bread in Paris, mm-hmm. next level to the point where it's like you don't want this shit here no more. Mm. It's it's that good. It, it will never be the same. They do pastries like nobody else. But what's their poutine like? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What's their back bacon like? Exactly. Uh, I'm P-meal. so sorry. What's their pea meal bacon <laughs> like? Pea meal bacon. Exactly. I'm sorry, but Canadian bacon ain't even that great. Okay. Okay, so <laughs> I'll we, take British bacon over Canadian bacon any day. What is British bacon? Just regular bacon and it's it's, blood, it's, it's blood pudding, but they bun it. <laughs> Our pork is good. You know what's the interesting thing? <laughs> we just talking about British stuff. I remember it's when I was just, in university, these there were some British kids going to school there, mm-hmm. and this one kid came up to me. He was like, "Oi, mm-hmm. you ever had spotted dick?" And I was like, "Bro, what?" What are you saying to me? Get away from me, dog. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, Google it. I'm like, I'm not Googling no spotted dick. What's wrong with you? It's pudding. Yeah. Spotted It's like dick. bread pudding, but it has like raisins in it, which is the spotted part of it. The spotted. What's the dick part? <laughs> <laughs> the bread pudding. <laughs> <laughs> what? I, I don't even know why it's called I'm that. I'm trying to make the connection. Bro, I, thought, I thought he was fucking with me. He was it's actually, very, it's actually very nice. He's, he was taking the piss. He was definitely, he was taking, definitely the piss. taking the piss. Yeah, it's definitely actually very nice. I highly recommend. Yeah, I've never had it, but you can get if it. If you here. don't like raisins, do you like currants, like raisins? Yeah, yeah, yeah I love that. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so yeah, it's, 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 like, it's literally bread pudding, but with currants. In it. Is the Heinz brand with custard? Is the Heinz brand the common brand? Because you can get Heinz brand here, but is that the common brand? That's the only baked beans we acknowledge. Heinz? Yeah. Heinz baked beans. Yeah. I'm not talking about Heinz baked beans. I'm talking about the ketchup. Sp- spotted dick. The spotted dick. Oh, okay. Well, listen, no. <laughs> they don't call it that. We, do we don't we don't really okay, so but it's called spotted dick. Okay, so oh, Heinz is a brand that makes stuff. It's like crafts. Yeah. But we so you have spotted dick, people make it at, in their house. 
You wouldn't just go buy it in the can, but you can buy it in a can. Like there's sticky toffee puddings and they make those two in cans and you can like basically heat the can in hot water and then open it and then pour it out. And it it heats everything and there's custard in it already and stuff like that. So you can get a spotted dick like that. You don't just like warm it up in the microwave. You take the whole can, take the paper off it, put it in boiling on the stove in hot water and boil it for like three minutes while it cooks everything inside. And then you open the can and then pour it out. Hmm. Okay. It's you guys, fire, you guys like. love your puddings and your custards for yeah, sure. Honestly, pe- uh, this country don't know about good quality custards. So, do you guys, you guys do blood pudding, right? Is yeah, that- I mean, we don't, but we do. If that makes sense, more Scottish, but oh, okay. I hear that. Okay. My uncle definitely shout out Uncle Trevor. He definitely got me a traditional English breakfast when I was over there. I liked it. It's fire. It was good. I didn't know the it. blood pudding wasn't authentic. It was like store bought. Yeah, and also but like I kind now of appreciate they don't, they don't do it. Like obviously, p- some people still do it with like um, the pig intestines and the actual blood. But normally now it's like they use dye. They don't actually use yeah. pig blood anymore. Obviously, I don't. That's I didn't nasty. love the English breakfast when I had it over there. What did you have? It was like um, that fat sausage. Oh, uh, British sausages are the best sausages. Sausages here are dead. It was that fat sausage. I don't know the name of it. It's just a sausage. Pause. Uh, <laughs> pause. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I'm They're sorry. just sausages. It was like, I think it was like eggs. Um, I think I had toast. Maybe there was some bacon. Yeah, I had a did. Cornish pasty you and did. I never English, wanted four liters of water after so bad. Of my English, the thing was dry. It's sausage, eggs, um, the big bacon, beans. and then baked beans. I didn't mm. like the baked beans. And then they do, sometimes they do ush- mushrooms. Sauteed mushrooms, and then you can also get like uh, blood pudding as well as fried. I didn't like the baked beans. Mm. How do you not like baked beans? It's because so nice. the, those baked beans are very tomato based, mm-hmm. and I don't like raw tomatoes, so it just kind of tasted like raw tomatoes. To it's me. acidic. Well, obviously, black people we season our beans, where the whites they don't obviously. <laughs> so we like our full English Fuck. is that, but ours is a seasoned version of that. Okay. So I get what you're saying because when you go to get a fry up after like. We used to go to fraps when we used to get really drunk and then you want hangover food, you'll go to a cafe the next day and have a full English. C- like c- Cafe Concerto? Or just a regular cafe. Just okay, I don't any know hole in the wall cafe. It doesn't have to be like Calf as in cafe. Cafe, right? yeah. But it we was too like, like what? Cafe concerto? <laughs> literally, I'm like, what like, the fuck? Because I was trying to, I don't even know if the, I ate there. That's where I had. No, so I don't no. know if it's the same it's place. It's literally like, literally hole in the walls. Like, we're not talking about brandy. We're talking about mum and pop shops that just sell. Literally, the same place that you might get fish and chips is the same place that does a 40 breakfast. And the locals know And then people are just, they're getting the same bread that you buy from the shop and you just see them toasting it. And they do it and just dish these out to people before they go to work. Delicious. Okay. Okay, so that was uh, obviously not about gentrification. Not at all. Um, well, those shops are gone because of gentrification. Because of gentrification, oh, because of yeah. So it related. It came back from our levels, bro. Levels. Where have the caps gone in the UK, mate? Mm. So just to give a definition of gentrification, gentrification, as it was found on Google, I believe this is Merriam-Webster. Uh, gentrification is a process in which a poor area, as of a city, experiences an influx of middle-class or wealthy people who renovate and rebuild homes and businesses and which often results in an increase in property values and the displacement of early, earlier, usually poorer residents. Who wants to get into it first? Gentrification. I don't. I'll go, I'll go out and throw out my little two cents. I have, um, I guess, a bit of a tumultuous relationship with gentrification because 
you understand that there are people who call one section of the city home for years and years and years and whether they they are new to the country or they've fallen on hard times they end up in these areas because of their uh reasonably priced uh, living accommodations right it's affordable it's not the nicest maybe a little bit more run down and oftentimes there's a lot of um drugs and crime activity in those neighborhoods right but for a lot of people this is what they can afford now i know a lot of immigrants who've come to canada and they've stayed in the regent park community saved up their ducats bought a little something fled to the burbs as is the canadian way it's horrible that people get displaced it's horrible that people that have no real option this is the only option they have it's the only option they have and they get displaced when people start to reevaluate the city and say hey this is prime real estate and not to mention this is taxable land that people who don't have a lot of money are sitting on while people who do have a lot to a moderate amount of money could come and pay property taxes on and while i recognize that it's incredibly unfortunate for the people who are less fortunate or who come from modest wages it is a way that a lot of younger black people a lot of middle-class black people myself included have got our foot into the real estate market and have started building our real estate portfolios is specifically speaking for myself is the regent park gentrification project whatever name fancy name they put on it they gentrified regent park regent park was canada's or toronto's first housing project Housing part projects start off as a beautiful thing, but they always fall into disrepair because I'm of the belief that no one's going to take care of something unless they've got some actual skin in the game. I'm not saying good, bad, evil, righteous, any of that shit, right? That's not my point. The point is Regent Park was what it was. It was, it was, it was violent. It was drug and crime infested. And when they moved a lot of the people out of Regent Park, it gave a lot of young people a chance to get their foot in the door. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait, you're throwing up how many condos? At what price? You want how much money down? Well, shit, you're talking my language. You know what I mean? And now, because of that one move, I'm in a really good position to give my child all of the things I didn't have. And more importantly, teach my child all of the things I didn't know as the son of an immigrant. My mom did her thing. Shout out to my mom. I didn't struggle for nothing. I don't. There's no woe is me to this. But when I think of gentrification so often it's looked at through the lens of what white people are doing to black people. But so often we don't look at, we don't look at the opportunities that upwardly mobile black people are taking to reach that next level. Now, if you're living with your parents, if you're lucky enough to live with your parents throughout university and then you go and you get some job that it's not, it's not where you want to be, but it's enough to make you comfortable Mm -hmm. and you want to take that next step. Well, getting into these established neighborhoods, huh, fucking good luck. You know what I mean? Bob and Jim who uh, or, or Bob and Marie who owned their place for X amount of years, they're not going to hear $200,000, $190,000 for their property. But this new development on this land that was once undesirable because it's got a crazy reputation. These people, like when I went there, I don't know if my wife's going to like this because I talk too much. But when I went there, I I walked into the building and I sat down with one of the real estate agents there. And I'm like, yo, what do they want for a down payment? 
And big man told me, he's like, yo, like 18,000 up front and like 14 on closing. He's like, excuse me? He's like, yeah. Bro, with that one decision to get off the streetcar and inquire about what these people wanted, I now realize, yo, I'm in the property game. And again, I don't know if that's possible without gentrification, because if I had moved 15 minutes closer to the city core, I couldn't afford any of those condos. Those condos were were four and five hundred thousand dollars ten years ago when I bought when I bought that condo. And again, it's unfortunate, but sometimes I'm, I struggle with the question of, well, do I really care? Because I took advantage. I took full advantage knowing that those people were gone and it's sad, but have I thought about where those people are now? No. Mm. And part of me, again, I struggle with it because it's like, well, how do I help eradicate poverty? Making sure me and my family don't fall into poverty, poverty. And it, it, it seems like a shitty, super capitalistic way to look at things. But again, whoever decided that they're going to take Regent Park and make something out of it, has now made a brighter future for me and mine, not to mention all of the other black people who I spoke to about who lived in that building. And I spoke to them, it's, it's the exact same thing for them. It's it's unfortunate because it's not like anybody, any of them started in Regent Park, bought a place in Regent Park, and now have gone on to do better things. Everybody's like me. They've come from the suburbs. They moved into a place downtown that they could afford. And again, they've started their real estate portfolio. It's unfortunate, but what what other way was there? Now... They have incentives like rent geared to income. So for all of the buildings that they make, there's other buildings or other units where it's, you can't have, you can't be completely on assistance, but depending on the kind of money you make, from what I understand, if you can show some kind of income, some kind of salary, hey, we will provide you this brand new place and we will gear the rent to your income. So we'll make it fair, we'll make it equitable. And then they do have other, it's not called Metro housing, but they have low income options in the same neighborhood that I purchased into. But again, going back to my original point on one street and these, I'm talking like not even a street, like a laneway, right? On the North side of the laneway, there's people who bought their townhouses, manicured lawns, organized front, 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 um, front areas. The garbage is all kept. It's, it's, it's someone who's invested and across the street, it's people who have been giving these houses through the lottery system for low income housing. And these places are, it's, it's night and day how bad these places look. And I don't mean to sound callous, but again, do projects ever work? Do low income, does low income housing ever work? Because n no one cares about it. Uh, I mean, mm -hmm. talk to me. I think, okay, so I want to go back a little bit in terms of saying that gentrif gentrification exists mm -hmm. because a lot of times where we now consider the affluent areas of cities, so the downtowns and the capital cities or places were once working class ports. So it would be where the... where people would go and there'll be a fisherman port and it would be literally people living on top of each other that is why there would be plagues and people would die because people were squished like sardines in these areas right people with wealth lived further out 
even still like sub- be talking about like the suburban areas but just further out in larger homes and they weren't in these metropolitan areas and I speak specifically to London I obviously don't know too much about what was going on as much in Toronto but speaking to into to London so the West End central London was more of a poor place people and it was a poor area so when black people started to immigrate to the UK because we was asked right we weren't just like obviously <laughs> we didn't just come roll up in there to land when rush, Do you know right? what I mean? yeah we was asked to come we were all put in places which some of them were assistant housing in places that actually to this day now are a little 15 minute train ride or 10 minute train ride or half an hour tra- bus ride into that place downtown to central London right mm. so now that obviously we have changed from a trade-based system where it's like people are doing coal mines and fishermen and all of that kind of stuff and now uk is now based on financials mm-hmm. um and all of central london is basically focused on larger buildings that are bringing are talking about bringing in wealth and as london is now seen as a multicultural city where people now know that in order to buy property in these areas, you need to have multi-million pounds to buy houses in this area. Obviously, the ripple effect is expensive. Mm -hmm. But where the slums were, so like Brixton, where I grew up in South London, that is... Dump area, by the way. That is literally like a 40, half an hour bus ride into Oxford Circus. That is a 15-minute train ride four stops i think maybe four or five stops train ride into oxford circus that is literally one ripple out of central london Mm. so question for you because i was there recently so i gotta get my british knowledge going high what is it the overground the overground is that was that there when you were there yeah yeah because i was told that the overground was was a newer system anyways I mean, the old overground is an old, it is a newer system to the. No, it's not. They've all been just as long as around as as each other. There's new overground lines. The overground has extended um, significantly in the last like twenty years. Right. But they had always had ra- overground railway systems. Okay. In, uh, yeah. Okay. So it's because I thing. I visited a friend at I, it was High Clap. I can't remember the station. Clapham, Clapham High Street. I think it was Clapham High Street. That's a newer state. That's a, oh wait, it's not new, but that's a newer underground overground station okay but that's then brixton that no it's not brixton that's oh, clapham that's, it, it seemed it was brixton because i it's sorry, not brixton. It, i'm gonna go sorry, with ty sorry it's not too far it was <laughs> it's like, not too far but sorry it was walking distance to yeah brixton. but it's not brixton. it's not too far it was like a few yeah, blocks i hear what you're saying but it's not brixton so damn i forgot my question never mind continue yeah but i yeah it's i live in i live on brixton hill so there's there's very much different parts i live in brixton hill which is basically the back of me is Clapham Park. So I'm not saying right. they're literally right next to each other and but you can walk from one place to the X, but there's it's, a, they're, sep- they're separate. Because there's two states, because I noticed the overground I took wasn't too far from an underground station yeah, in that's the same great, area. Shout out to the London set train station, what they call TFL, uh, Transport for London. Like it's very expensive. I think it was ra- ranked number three of the most expensive travel. It's efficient. Um, it's efficient. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Everywhere you walk within a couple of blocks, you're either going to hit a train underground station or overground station 
and the buses that we have are 24 hours and they take you anywhere what? Yeah. yeah and night buses night trains weekends are 24 hours yeah so once they so go everywhere but what what my point was what my point was is that because of this and now that we are changing from this a uh, revolutionary coal mining thing to now we're doing finances and now we're having people invest financially into the core of central london and like we have influx of like arabs and chinese who are bringing this mass amount of wealth because the the uk is now becoming a hub on um as a as finance Mm -hmm. in europe then it becomes that gentrification people want to live close to that and the people that can't afford to live in let's say salone square are going to go to the next place which is unfortunately the black affluent areas in well not affluent the black majority black areas in london so the first being south london the first being Mm -hmm. brixton stockwell and that area I completely understand in terms of what gentrification means in terms of being able to get your foot in the door. But unfortunately, most of the people that were bought that bought their houses, especially Caribbean people, because it was Caribbean people that were mostly buying those houses. A lot of them, one didn't understand due to racism, they had an exit plan. So a lot of people with grandparents, my grandparents and a lot of the grandparents that I'm, that I'm, that I know of, they bought their houses and either went to stay in their houses and then use that as like a springing board, hopefully for their kids. Or when the going got tough, they sold their houses in the UK and moved back to the Caribbean and bought houses, which is what my grandparents did. Mm-hmm. Um, so that didn't mean that the wealth that they could have kept in the UK didn't get kept in the UK. Um, with, um social housing so we have council flats too and you can buy them at discount but at the same time people were coming in and buying like um private investors private um, estate agents started to come in and buy all of those social housings at discount prices and then try and like do private lending and private mortgaging with or private renting sorry with un um with low-income people um most of the people did get kicked out. I know a bunch of people that I used to grow up with that lived in Brixton that then got pushed to Thornton Heath. And now people are like, oh my God, Thornton Heath and Croydon are so expensive now. And people like, that is the next area to be gentrified because it's like a ripple effect. If you lived in, you lived in Brixton, Brixton got too expensive, you got kicked out of that, then you moved to Thornton Heath. And then now this is the time where people are starting to buy homes in Thornton Heath. People are starting to buy homes in Croydon. And now Croydon is going for another gentrification. They're going to put a Westfield there. Well, they've been saying that for years. I don't know about that. But they're going to put Westfield there. And then the prices of Croydon and East Croydon Station and all of that is going up. So I say this to say that gentrification although positive for people who financially can get on into that situation, the the, the proportion amount of black, or not even black, but minorities that are able to actually black because some minorities in terms of like Asian, Chinese, those minorities have a different leg and different foot and actually have been able to benefit from these schemes that you're speaking of significantly Mm -hmm. but when it comes to black people i don't feel like black people whether it comes from the education of finance and really knowing how to do that um 
I don't feel like we have been able to significantly benefit enough from gentrification for us to feel like that has been beneficial to us as a community as a whole. Mm-hmm. Fair. And I can understand in terms of saying that like whether someone like looks after something like some, someone owns something, therefore they look after it and stuff. It's not because they don't want to look after those areas. It's because they don't have the money to do that. There are some people that live in metro housing and 80% of their salary is going towards their rent. Mm. So they don't have money to manicure the lawns and repaint their house to keep it fresh. Most, And I'm not saying that people that have mortgages have like a month, loads of months of disposable income, but also you are, because you own it, you also have to keep it up in case you want to sell it. So there is that also, but they don't have the, they don't have the expenditure to fix up their place, knowing that they they can literally get kicked out anytime. Mm. I know people that have lived in council flats and have put down, my mom did it, put down wooden floors, paint up the place, all of that sort of stuff. If they were to get kicked out, they're not getting no money back from that place. People can just do that right so um for me personally um i completely understand especially even now that where i live in 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 canada and downtown i completely understand as an adult someone who's making money i can understand why you would want gentrification you can get something low Mm -hmm. things are improving you also don't want a certain type of people but my problem with gentrification is that there is a reason why people went to live in Brixton. The culture, the food, right. the ambiance, mm-hmm. the fact of this was our vibe, this was our scene. And it wasn't just because of the rent was low. It was because people wanted to encroach and live off our culture. Mm-hmm. People went to live in Brixton because it was a cool place to live. Mm-hmm. And then white people were coming in and they were uh, taking these houses and then splitting them up into apartments and then selling them that way. Or they were renting it out to having like five working class people living in it and doing flat shares and stuff like that. Mm. And then it becomes that like they can now afford to own those places and now they're buying them up. Do you know what I mean? But you came because you wanted the culture. Now the culture is being kicked away mm-hmm. and being moved and shipped out further out to Croydon or even now further out to even like further into other places of like Sutton and Surrey because they can't afford to live in this place that was culturally created by them. Mm, the vibe was created by them mm, right. there was a reason why you want to be here right. and now they can't afford to and now it's been whitewashed and like when i go to brixton now obviously brixton is still one of the most cultural places and an amazing place to be and i feel like they're doing an amazing job with trying to create like hubs that still hold um appreciation to the western west indian culture that has been in there and made brixton to what it is um like Windrush Square and they have the museum there and stuff like that. But at the same time, it it is sad when I go back there and I just feel like we are being erased. And I feel like we've, and I feel like Lambeth and the people of Brixton have really fought to keep elements around, but you can literally see, I, I feel like they held on it for a very long time and I think they're trying to and I feel like they've done a good job of hi- helping it stay which is why Clapham looks the way that Clapham does which is more gentrified mm-hmm. I feel like yeah. they yeah Clapham didn't really have an identity as strong as mm-hmm. Brixton did so I feel like Clapham was already quite whitewashed anyway but we had a People right. had things in there too. Do you know right, what I mean? Right. But I feel like Clapham has literally been whitewashed into this white suburbia um 
and they've tried to do the same with Brixton and they have succeeded, but they're keeping these elements to keep it still black, keep it still Caribbean, keep it still fresh. Um, and I think a lot of black people are trying to hold on as much as they can there. Um, but it's only, there's only a certain amount of time where it's just going to be the museum, the plaques that represent us and then nothing else, mm-hmm. to be honest. Yeah. That's what I see for it. And yeah, yeah it's sad. I'm realizing that like, my American experience of gentrification is just not very as wide scoped, I guess you could say, okay. as y'all is, because I grew up in the hood mm-hmm. in Detroit, and I'm kind of like, yo, let's let's remove it all. Let's get rid of it all. Let's redo it. Let's do it up. Like, you know, let's make it pretty. Let's paint it over. It could use a, a facelift. It's very right. industrial, right? Detroit? Detroit is... where the city center is. The downtown is very... So it's changed over the years. So it's it was very... Yeah, it's, I would it we'll say it was very industrial, but industrial based on the automotive industry. Yeah, that's like what Even if you for. weren't an automotive company like GM, Ford... And whatever the other one, the, the the other third one, I can't think of for some reason right now. That's crazy. Yeah, it was like the big Chrysler. Chrysler, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, big three. Mm-hmm. You were probably making parts. Mm-hmm. You are you are a, a company making parts. Sure. For those areas. Now I don't know what those areas looked like prior to my upbringing, but <laughs> I remember coming to Toronto and being like, "Yo, where the hood at in Toronto?" Mm. Right. And then I remember one person was like, yo, stay away from, from Jane and Finch. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stay away from Jane and Finch. And then one day I had to go to Jane and Finch. Not surprising. It was to check a gal. Mm-hmm. Right. And I got there and I was like, yo, this shit is nice. <laughs> the hell are you talking about? I like it over here. I'm about to buy some property. What? <laughs> this is the hood? I like this hood. Really? Oh, compared to Detroit? Yeah, I mean, not being funny. When what? I went to Jerry Fincher, I was like, because I heard, like, our hoods are, we have estates too, where it's like, once you walk, once you walk into that state, yeah, you're literally walking into the middle of, like, I guess, like a court place. Right. There might be a park or something in the middle, and there's a bunch of, like, um, buildings, like tall buildings, and, like, they go up to whatever, 13th floor and stuff, yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Jerry Fitch, I was like, this is the thing. Really? I was like, this is such a raggedy sum. Yo, I was like, this shit is fire. A lot of people take Jane and Finch too literally. They think it's the intersection of Jane and Finch. No. That's the hood. No, it's J- Jane and Finch is encompasses a large area, and Jane and Finch is incredibly treacherous. Well, you need, to, you, there, need, you need to know exactly what I, you're I don't doing know where I was, there. but where I think I was just on Finch. Mm-hmm. And no, I was at Jane and Finch. Again, I don't you, know exactly you the whole the, neighborhood. You were at the intersection of Jane and Finch. I was at the intersection of right. Jane and Finch. Fair, but I thought it, it looked not, not bad. My, mind you, this is me not knowing for sure. You know yeah. what I mean? Anything yeah. about just they just say stay away from Jane and Finch. I'm mm-hmm. like staying away from the general area in general. <laughs> but even you said Regent Park, right? And when I moved here, I, I don't know if the gentrification just our had already happened because mm-hmm. I thought. Jane and Finch, or excuse me, Regent Park was a nice 
looking community. I mean, they got this beautiful aquatic center. Oh, there. <laughs> that is not Regent Park. <laughs> Yo, it's called the Regent Park Aquatic Center. That is Regent Park Revitalization Project. But I'm saying like, I didn't know that. Uh, for sure. Yeah, you know I what think, I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't know that. Regent Park had a permanent gray cloud over it for the longest I, I time. had no idea. Because coming from where I'm from, like most areas in Detroit are just not very like we had we had like Indian Village and then you had like Midtown. Those were pretty generally nice areas and like some maybe some of the rich, famous Detroit people lived in Indian Village. But like for the most part, it was like abandoned building, abandoned building. Abandoned. Yeah, I was gonna Matter say fact, that's, I the lived, that's not the problem, but that's what I lived between two abandoned buildings at one time Jeez. in my life. So that's I my think experience. it's because yours is not. We're talking about um, poverty. <laughs> we're yeah. talking about low-income families and poverty in major cities, whereas you're talking about it in in somewhere that's more like a suburban, not a suburb, not suburban, but in a like a like I said, like a more industrial uh, place where it. it you have houses with streets and stuff, whereas as is like uh, metropolitan areas where our hoods are literally tall buildings and we're all living on top of each other like sardines. It's a bit of a difference. I mean, we have projects, right, mm-hmm. in Detroit. And we have, I mean, I guess my understanding of gentrification, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's very different because I don't know of communities where... And I, I I imagine that there are a lot of areas in Detroit that have gotten gentrified mm-hmm. since I left. And I think there was a resurgence, especially downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, downtown was not as nice as it was before they started doing up stuff and renovating. And then a lot of banking business like Detroit, I think, is very finance right now. Mm-hmm. Um, still automotive, but very finance. And I, the only my only recollection of a gentrification happening was when I was in university and I lived in Midtown. I lived on campus. The campus is Midtown. So it's kind of like, to give you an equivalent, Woodward Street is like Young Street. Okay. So let's say Woodward is like Young and then within that, you come across Wayne State University where I went to, which is the equivalent of like, I guess Ryerson okay. University, right? So they, I remember when it was, it was never really that bad of an area, but it was still kind of like the area is still kind of like. It'll be on your P's and Q's. Like, for sure. Shit uh-huh. happens. Right. And then they were like, I remember when the big news was like, oh, they're going to bring a Whole Foods down here. And Whole Foods is not in any inner city in Detroit. Anywhere. Mm-hmm. Whole Foods, I can't even remember where they all are, but I know there's one now downtown, midtown area. And I was like, oh shit, they completely redone that. And I don't know what it is with Starbucks in every city when you gentrify area, Starbucks is coming. You can bank on it. Yep. Starbucks is there. So, but I, as far as my knowledge of just people were just very poor in Toronto, uh, excuse me, Detroit. People don't have the resources. People don't have the access to education. People don't have the mindset to think outside of the area. And that might be an American thing, no, right? I hear what you're saying. And this is why 
I hope when people, I don't think you're going to get it, but I hope that when people listen to what I'm saying that are from the UK, I think they'll understand what I mean. I think the ghettos I'm talking about is like New York ghettos, like Brooklyn, East New York ghettos. Put it in terms of what they look like. We're talking about the social housing, mm. the the type of gentrification and, and, and even the pricing of like being able to buy into homes. Um, that gentrification is very different to the gentrification of like a Detroit, which gives me more of like a Northern England, Liverpool um, gentrification. I think people when they, cause I'm just looking at some of the pictures of like Detroit ghettos. Um, and I'm basically saying that like, Detroit, I'm not saying Detroit is a, um, Detroit is it does have a downtown right. and it has a major city, but it's not a major city in the states. Does that make sense? It's so no. it, it's not metropolitanly built up like how a New York is or an LA is. So it's okay. I can kind of see. Do you what see what I'm saying? saying? So they're ghettos and the way saying. that they've been gentrified as hubs of metropolitan influx of immigration, people living on top of each other, mm. the soaring house prices in the late eighties, nineties is not the same as Detroit. Even to well, this day, Detroit. When I'm looking at how like housing with Detroit and Mad it's, cheap still. Uh, it's the way that even the gentrification hasn't been done. I literally just saw this article about Detroit and here and there, and it was like houses in 2019 and 2018. The um 2018, the houses have now been abandoned. Do you see what I'm saying? But that's been a thing in Detroit. I know. So I'm, saying, so I'm saying that like the 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 lev the 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 way gentrification has happened in a Toronto or a London is different to how it is for Detroit. I think Detroit has similar gentrification patterns of it being, because it is like a um, industrial state, is more similar to Northern English um, cities like a, a, a Liverpool or a Manchester, where it is considered, there are parts of it that's a downtown and it is considered like a, uh, a thriving city but it's not a hub so therefore the the way that gentrification is seen is that people are pushed out but not to the severity and not f with the with the um with the increase in uh housing land etc as metropolitan cities like us people are just poor and can't afford to buy into houses and can't especially once the the that industry falls apart there's not another there hasn't been another um industry revolution to revitalize it enough to create the gentrification that it needs to no, build up has. the city that it needs it's, to be it's banking i it's think been I, if, if i'm understanding Detroit. what ty is saying is um i guess with us the, the old standard of what people did for work died down and the new standard came in. So there's an influx of people working in those economies who pushed out the people um, currently living in there because they couldn't afford it. Whereas- And when, that's the main place right, in our countries. So so they, they were forced out because now that there's so many people in those, in those areas, there's nowhere to live. Whereas the people 
who when 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 Detroit fell apart, it wasn't because there was a new sector moving in to force everybody out. It's just the sector collapsed. And everyone just got and poor. Everybody just got poor. Mm, I see what you're saying. And you know even though saying. banking is now starting to revitalize in Detroit, yeah. there's still major other cities like a New York, even, uh, I don't know, a Miami. I don't know, somewhere that was just different before a Chicago, before LA. a Detroit would get what we are talking about. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm. So now maybe Detroit banking is becoming a thing, but at the same time, there's nothing that is forcing, there's not an influx of white people kicking out people and buying up land, like not to the extent of- I mean, there are areas in closer to the downtown area where there's been an influx of white people. The midtown area will be one of those, but I don't even know if that's always- been the case because the university is there it, it, i definitely think that uh it's it's not a case of um this city's had it harder and, yeah, no, no, and no, no, detroit no. detroit hasn't i just think and congratulations to ty because i didn't even think about this but the nuance is there that it's just a difference people were squeezed out of toronto because there was the land was still as valuable because the new sector came in and brought in the new oh fuck fricks cut all that part no but i get it but yeah i get what you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah and that is why this land is so valuable now because we're talking about an influx of immigration we're talking about an incredible amounts of wealth we're not talking about small money influx we're talking about a credit the uk the uk was the was the hub for financial wealth in europe this is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's where these banks were all stationed. People were stationed. UK Money was Europe or no? well, London back was. in the London, sorry. Uh-huh. That it was at the point at one point. We're not part of it anymore. Brexit. Brexit, you know, all that drama. Gotcha. Yeah. Here we are. But do you know what I mean? At that point, <laughs> that's what it was. Do you know what I mean? Um So gentrification, whereas, sorry, just to some not summarize, but like I guess in a way summarize. Gentrification can be different depending on the city and the economy of that city. Yeah, and right. I think as well, okay. especially and Detroit I, was decimated. Yeah, but it went maybe bankrupt. Not, but yeah, but maybe not. No, gentri- yeah, no, no one moved there, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Whereas yeah, that's what I'm everybody moved out. Basically. Every right, yeah. it, was, it was more of abandoned. And just a bunch yeah. of abandoned, right. abandoned homes. Right, yeah. right. But there was never a bad. There was never a time that an abandoned home could happen here to that for that long unless people there were times where people were like um i know that there's been strategies where people uh housing developers would buy homes leave it abandoned so that it would drop the property value Mm -hmm. and then people would leave and they'll buy another one and then leave that abandoned and then drop the property value until so many people left and the the value was so low that he could get keep buying houses cheaply 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 and then once everyone moves out of that area redevelops it and builds the for cheap that's what they do and that's probably what they do most in detroit and places like that Mm -hmm. the good thing i can say about um the opportunities for black people with wealth in detroit and i've seen a lot of um people like i watch these um housing developers on like youtube and stuff like my dream my dream job is really to be like a diy wife on youtube <laughs> but hey ho, we'll get there What's one a day DIY wife? She they just do diys they just flip houses and do but diys themselves I, they just happen to be married the girl's called diy the actual video that um the actual okay. page i really me, like me called and DIY wife, together me and Tyre together uh, I buy a house and I'm like, Ty, you have a budget of three hundred thousand dollars. Make it. Perfect. What can I do with it? And then it's like some things you're paying people to do, some things you're doing yourself. Right. And it's just mm. fun. Like we're just we're gonna redo the kitchen, bathroom, and your hammering stuff. And anyway, I think <laughs> I have to say, take it back, take it back. I, w- well, I will I was- say, sorry, I just wanted to get this across really quickly. Um, 
there is a difference that I noticed being in Toronto and Detroit is like abandoned homes are very common in Detroit, especially yes. where I grew up. Mm. Yeah. Everywhere, like I said, I live between two abandoned homes, and as I got older, I realized that's a normal. Yeah, that's mm. not something you should be. No. That's actually where, very unsafe. It's whereas, very dangerous. Whereas but in I Toronto, like they were doing that on purpose. Whereas, doing, sorry, sorry, cool. I'm saying I feel like they were doing that. Perp- they were doing that on purpose. It would what? make sense. They leave them abandoned, so the property value goes low, and then people right. then need to move out for safety. They can then buy your house right. for low, right. and then once they get everybody out, they it's then fair. build it up, a put fair. a plaza up there, put a metro grocery store down there, fair, a- aband- and then build aband- up the area. And a- that's what people have been doing but for yeah. years. And I noticed though. Sorry, I let you. Don't forget your thought, JC. <laughs> but I noticed that in Toronto. Abandoned homes are a rarity to the point where you see and you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, like, that's one of the points I was going to make is if there's an abandoned house in Toronto, it'll make the paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. But to, to what Ty was saying, abandoned house equals squatters. Yeah. 100%. Squatters. Forgive me. Squatters, drugs, yeah. Uh, yeah. substance yeah. abuse, mental health. Ain't nobody going to want to have their, their their children around that. Their, their elderly around their loved ones around that period. Is saying, okay, well, we got to get the hell out of yeah. here. Now there's two houses abandoned, three, four, five, six, seven, and it's all an ingenious, albeit sinister plan. Now, <laughs> literally, so go buy that up, bro. If 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 you if you can get, think about this, because I have a buddy who was trying to work out a property deal, mm-hmm. right? He bought house A, right on on one John Street. If he could have bought house two and three on john street which is what he was trying to make the money for that is three single family houses knock it down build up an eight story building literally how many people can you put in literally. that now eight story. and that's what they that is the, that is the plan exactly that is a hundred percent the plan and do you know what's so funny as well is again by some of the youtube videos that i watch around like housing development and what these a lot a bunch of like black community groups are trying to Sorry, my bad. Oh, there's a Russell. Oh, there's a Russell. 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 I was like, what is this? My bad. My poor Christmas. I feel like you put it up to the mic. Literally on purpose. (laughs) It was very strong in my left ear. Bro. Like, what I was going to say is like, when we speak around the opportunities of black, um, the black community to start investing um, into places, it is very difficult to do in places like Toronto. It's, it's damn near impossible to do in London, honey. Um, but it's hard, difficult to do here in Toronto too. But what I was going to say is I really enjoy watching these black community groups that actually go to places like a Detroit um, and they, actually, they, build, they build black communities in places like that. Right. So if you can get a bunch of 10 people together and buy a literal, a li- people, I've seen people buy a literal street in Detroit mm-hmm. and then buy and then build houses mm-hmm. and then it all moves to the houses. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. sick as fuck. But I find yeah. that That's so cool. It's, I, I feel dope. like the communities are also very different. What I found being in Detroit, mm-hmm. living in Toronto and visiting London, right? Because... Detroit has different, I guess you call them subsidies or municipalities that are very close to each other. Okay. So, like, I used to live close to one city. I don't even remember the name, what it was called, but it would be interesting. You'd be on one side of the street and roads are trash, everything, abandoned buildings. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. You cross the street, mm-hmm. 
you feel like you, you walked that's into London. Pleasantville. Yeah. That's London. You know By design, I mean? too. And it's, it's crazy because it's like, whoa, why does this not look like the other side? Mm-hmm. And you're literally like, there's literally one street separating the two cities. That happens in London, From too. each other. Yeah. Maybe in London, but like my, I haven't spent enough time in London for me to be able to see all of that. Yeah, literally, mm-hmm. my area, literally my area, which I was talking about earlier, cold call. Cool. Which I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. is the fact that we lived. I live technically. My house is still is it's a council flat. It's mm-hmm. social housing, metro housing, basically that. Yeah, so we have those, and then across the street, literally across the street, is two million pound houses, and they're not even that great, but it's a neat area. You have again what they call like block of flats, like proper tower blocks of flats. And then opposite are houses. That is Brixton all over the place. Literally one street is flats and council flats and all of that. And then the next road or even not even the next road opposite those flats is a bunch of row of houses that are like 1.2 point million. But I will say like, this, this is my, it's mad. This is my only, like I said, I need to spend more time. In London. No, you need to spend London. more time in Detroit and we need to go buy up that land. That's what we need to do. Time to buy the back hell? the block. Buy I, the block. Buy back I the block. think that because Detroit has such a, unfortunately, a dark cloud there for me. Yeah. I, I don't really have any interest in, in going back. You know what I mean? That's because, so sad. Mm-hmm. And I, I hate to, like, people ask me, what do you think about Detroit? And don't get me wrong, I love Detroit. Of course. You. I'm, I love the city. It made me who I am as a person. I'm hardcore Detroit Lions fan, Detroit Pistons fan, to the point where Dude. I like I can't even rep the Raptors as much as I, I people feel like no, I should. That, that dinosaur team. Right. But at the same time, <laughs> what I tell people, and I'm probably getting a little personal here, Detroit represents struggle for me personally. Mm-hmm. It represents struggle for me. Mm-hmm. So it's hard for me to to see myself growing here especially when coming to toronto represents prosperity and and tranquility and and things like that you know what i mean so like good because i feel like you're gonna say what i'm gonna say maybe but i think that's the perspective shift that is the difference between not you and me but like certain people's mindsets where some people see that it represents uh, uh, poverty and strife. A lot of people see, yo, that's opportunity. And this is what I'm saying. This, They're yeah, buying this low exactly and what selling I'm saying. high. And this is what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like, and that was the issue with, I feel like that you took that mindset yeah. and my issue is feel like with, with Brixton as well. And that's what stopped a lot of people from buying their homes or fighting to try and, and do that. It was until it was too late. Mm-hmm. I think that people right. like, obviously our grandparents like come and we buy and they buy property and stuff like that but in their mind they're being they're be, being treated disrespectfully that like racist racism there was how many brixton riots and all that sort of stuff then obviously being in in that area and living so close to each other there is a lot of like crime and stuff like that and right. this represented struggle so then our families were just like i'm gonna sell that home and move back to the caribbean and that's mm-hmm. where i'm gonna retire right. and then there was other people that were just like yeah why would i buy a house here because like it's dangerous and it's right. struggle and it's strife and it's this negative connotation obviously although you do live there and that's where your life is and stuff but in our minds it's like when i get older i'm gonna move to america when i get older I'm gonna move to this place and buy a big house and da, da, da. not think about the area on which you um, are currently living in, and we don't see that 
as opportunities to buy until it was too late. It wasn't until we literally looked up and saw, why is all these white people moving in? Why is there a Costa? Why is there da 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 da? Why is there this? Why is there a Starbucks? But, but blah, blah, are, blah, blah, blah. And then now we're like, shit, mm -hmm. these people are coming in and buying up Brixton. These people are getting moved out to, to Fort and Heath, moved out to Croydon, now moved out even further. And then we're like, shit, like it's too late now. Right. It's too fucking expensive. We right. can't invest anymore because we didn't look at it as an opportunity then. We just looked at it as struggle. So I say that to say, I understand that Detroit is very much struggle. I, I just did a Google search, honey, and it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's, it, like we saw a mile was bad, honey, but it's it's a lot. Okay? But I think that. But I, I actually feel like there is opportunity there to buy up the block, create new systems, create new opportunities of wealth for black people because other parts of the U the US of as hubs of black people have already been gentrified and are right. already very expensive if we're talking about the atlantas the houstons of the world they've been built up but there's hardly any uh northern i know it's midwest but northern midwest um cities yeah. that are predominantly black that are not over expensive like fucking new york is too fucking expensive like right. no one can build that out now chicago right. is expensive you can't really build that out now detroit kind of has that Opportunity, opportunity where you could black people could build it up to That's be true. that because the land is still cheap and no white person has gone in there to do well a few probably have but haven't well, done enough what they haven't done enough there so that is an opportunity for black people now lots has changed i think it has definitely gotten better since i left um but yeah i, I think that I, I i guess we should just get into this I guess there are pros and cons of gentrification, right? And I guess the question I'm going to ask is, is it as bad as it seems? And is it dependent upon what happens with the communities? I mean, we had JC's example of, of, you know, it allowed him the opportunity to buy a property and get into his real estate portfolio. And you have, you have London, a lot of people having what those issues are there. But then I have my example of Detroit where it's like, well, everybody's just poor, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So like, because everybody's poor, there's not a lot of income to come into the city. I mean, we're talking about a city that filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. If that don't tell you about the city itself as a whole, mm -hmm. then I mean, I think the beauty of this conversation is that uh, Ty and I, we have a similar perspective and yours is so different. I think the scariest part about Detroit is that um, because the major industry left, right, it is kind of scary to think about reinvesting in Detroit because it's like where are these people gonna work? What's coming in order to do? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like what are they gonna do? It's it, again, it's not like one industry got replaced with another industry. Like their their shit left. Yeah, I mean, there's still automotive industry. So where I would say Detroit failed definitely mm -hmm. is the dependency on one particular industry, exactly. which is the automotive industry, right. right? Whereas a city like, let's say Toronto, I find Toronto has many different industries industries yeah. that, that people find. I think Toronto's a big nonprofit industry. I think Toronto's a big, uh, there's a finance, I mean, Toronto has its own finance, huge tech. Toronto has its own exchange market, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. The TSX, yeah. huge, huge um, education. Education, market. Yeah. All these students need somewhere to live. You right. know what I mean? Entertainment. Entertainment is big here. Yeah. 
and arts and culture is right. big but, here. But, I, but I, I hear you, but I feel like you can't compare because this is a major city in a country mm-hmm. we would it's say the major city. yeah exactly and that's the D- thing that's what i'm trying to where say london detroit, is the major city that's what I'm detroit the major to me city. is giving mm. manchester detroit to me in toronto I, in canada i would give i don't know i wouldn't even saga. It w- i wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't yeah Markham, no, not brampton brampton because uh, all of those, all of those are thriving cities, but they're not Toronto. Yeah, no, but true. they're not. Fr- I'm trying to think of someone that's not thriving. That's what I'm trying to say. Matter of oh, fact, okay. most people, if they went somewhere else, they wouldn't even claim those cities. They would say Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. If you're from Barrie and you go to London, UK. Yeah. If people ask you where you're from, you would say Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not a Vancouver. It's mm-hmm. I can't really think of where to compare in here. But what I'm trying to say, the only comparison I can really say is um, like a Manchester or a Newcastle. And I think my people from the UK, it's been Newcastle. My people from the UK will understand what I'm trying mm, to say yeah. in the fact that it is a industrial place, like a mining place or a car building place. And now those, and even in, there's rows and rows of streets in Manchester, in Newcastle, well not, Manchester's kind of built up now. So I say maybe Newcastle that have abandoned houses and really? stuff oh, like really? that. Yeah, because it's literally, they're driving down the price. People can't afford, once industry loses, they can't afford to have these homes. They can't afford to live. Living up North is a different, like we say London is expensive, but you have the wages that kind of can weigh that out. Like, right. do you know what I mean? Living up North in Northern England is very different mm-hmm. because they get paid less. Things are quote unquote cheaper out there. Houses and stuff are cheaper out there as well. Fair enough. But at the same time, they can't afford to live that life. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like that's more of a comparison with Detroit. So really the only thing you can do is either you would have to build, gentrification would have to also come with um, employment. Yes. So do you think, sorry to cut you off. I apologize about that. I'm thinking that like the term for what, what you guys are talking about is gentrification, mm-hmm. right? But for whatever the term, as far as what a Detroit would be considered, it might not necessarily be. It's gentrification. not gentrification. Mm-hmm. It's not. It might just be you get a group group of people who put wealth into the community. They build out those communities, and it's not even those were, those are poor communities. It's probably not as applicable as a Toronto or a Detroit because. Those communities need the economy, they yeah. need the assistance to build the the communities there. In gentrification, in the way that we're saying gentrification, they are like um, moving people out of their homes and building other homes. They are building, like what you're saying, t- uh, buying three houses, removing these three houses and building up condos of 30 something X floors of condos with how many houses on it. Da, 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 da. In Detroit, they need, an inv- they need a investment. financial investment. Right. So if you're building homes and apartments at the bottom of that home and apartment is going to be a grocery store is going to be a, um, a clothing store. You would have to do that in junction with employment opportunities to bring in not only um, housing improvements, but injection of wealth and employability mm. improvements. There needs to be somewhere that people feel that they can live, but they can also make money. There needs to be a uh, create a cycle of money in that cis- in that city in order for their communities to thrive. But then I guess so it's different than gentrification. The question is, is like what would be the best industry for a city like Detroit to try to? I have no idea. You know what I'm saying yeah. is it tech. 
Is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, finance mm-hmm. tech is always. It needs know, to be. It needs to be some. It needs to be industry. So, um, it needs to be industry. So it could because there's there's a lot of landmass, right? So it'd be industry when it comes to stuff like sofas and stuff like Picture, that, where like furniture, furniture stores and stuff like that. And then it could also be a tech hub. And the reason why I would say a tech hub is because that could be remote, large servers, mm-hmm. place like a Silicon Valley. Like if they did to repeat a Silicon Valley in a Detroit, where they would have loads of servers and stuff because you have the landmass, but then you can also bring out these small micro cities that are built around like grocery stores and high end condos that people can work remotely. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what Detroit. And needs. then one thing I think that the tech industry allows it's because of the the very nature. It's not necessarily living off the land. Tech can choose where they want to live. True. Like when they set up in Silicon Valley, great weather. When they set up in Austin, Texas, fair. Great weather. Yeah. When they set up in Puerto Rico, yeah. Great weather. Detroit's got a lot of things working against it. And when you had mass factories employing people, anybody give a damn about the weather? You go into your warm or air-conditioned building, and that was it. I don't know what can save Detroit, but it feels like a shame that nothing has saved Detroit yet. Finance is 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 a big thing. I think finance is, is everlasting, yeah. probably. And I think it's already becoming a financial hub because of Quicken Loans and a lot of mm-hmm. Michigan banks moving their headquarters downtown. Okay. And that's happened in the last 10 years. You know what Detroit yeah. needs? Strip clubs. We black got. people. God forbid. There's bare black people black there. people. There's bare black people there. So hear me out. Okay. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That New, place is black New, as hell. New York is New York because of the money. But the money needs arts and culture the arts needs the the money needs good food Mm -hmm. the money needs good music Mm -hmm. good entertainment because what's the point of being rich ain't nobody working to get rich to be rich to stay rich for no reason but you know what new york has sorry new york has excellent ways to spend your money yeah so we've got to figure out because london london has excellent ways to spend your money because what's the point of being rich if you can't flex but they don't they don't have amazing ways to spend the money because there's no one that has money that's what i'm saying so So like that's what i'm saying so like it's it's like we're we're in a vicious cycle they need to do they need to open furniture uh, furniture factories they need to open like a tech silicon valley so all service hubs and stuff are stored in somewhere in detroit they can also with the landmass do a bit more like again because most of like farms and like nature things like growing like mushrooms and stuff like that like most of that's like mm. southern places sorry anything but it would about be really but it'd be really great if there was more northerns because then it would be like local farmers and stuff like that in detroit so like those kind of areas that can then go to feed northern cities and then like Everybody knows Detroit as like, you know, a hub of like Motown and all of these Motor City uh, yeah. and all of these historical places. So it's like they need to do something similar to what Brixton did, which is like create these like museums, these monuments that are more mm. about those types of things that encourages visitors and tourism to come and view Detroit as somewhere to be. Right now it's not really seen that. Yeah. I don't know what your boss is. It's interesting though, because like it's one of marketing team. It's one of those places though, everybody knows Detroit, because even when I went to um, when even when, when I was even when I was in London and I went to Swingers, the little um, putt putt golf place, yeah, in London, and one of the girls was like, "Oh, wh- 
can I guess where your accents are from? You know what I mean? And she was like, she was guessing or whatever. Then she said Michigan. And I was like, yeah, Detroit. And she was like, oh, Motor City. Yeah. Like everybody yeah. knows we in Detroit. Sc- we in school, we learned about Ford Motors. Of course. And the, um, oh, and really? the what's, it called? Oh, yeah. uh, what's it, the Ford theory in terms of um, everyone having a role to then build um, the industrial industrial mm. resolution and the Ford motor system in terms of everyone does one part to contribute to the whole well, car. Well, they created I the assembly line. The assembly line, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, we learned that in business, you learn that in school. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know where Detroit is. Yeah. Also, if you listen to black music, as for a black person, you know from Motown, you know yeah. where Detroit is. Mm. I just appreciated like, that you did. Our white people, they love Eminem. They know where Detroit is. <laughs> I, was about to say, I was about to say, I just appreciated that she said, Motor City, yeah. as opposed to Eminem, yeah. that's usually most people. And don't get me wrong, I am a big fan. I love Eminem, but mm-hmm. he is a white man, and that people recognize in a very black city. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when you say Motor City, I'm like, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. Honestly, I feel like anyone listening to it, I think we should very much start an ABCs of black community. We pull mon- money into like a partner and start buying up the block in Detroit. I think that would be really great. Hey, listen. It's not a bad idea. Because we can't afford London. I'll tell you that. Even though I like London so much. You know what I mean? Like, London is just... I love London, too. It's my favorite place in the, the world. Vibe. Well, second favorite place in the world. It's a vibe. I love I, London. I didn't even meet no people. I, I need London to go to London place. with Ty and do it up, up, up. Because my cousin, I love you to death, Richard. Don't Yo, ever get it twisted. Who's Richard? But he's cute. My, co- oh my cousin? Oh, my God. I think he's handsome. He's, sing- he's single? I don't think so. Actually, no. He, he had a baby and everything. Is he single? Ty, no, 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 no. What is happening <laughs> right she here? Said he, she said he said I, he I, had a baby. What's him having a baby? What's doing? What, what what are you inquiring about a man for right now? Come on, this ain't what this podcast is about. First of all, shoot your shot <laughs> at all times. Ty, always shoot you too, Mister. I don't. Mean, I'm anyways, in my 30s. Like, <laughs> right? it's not right. time to be. <laughs> Listen, from he's from um High Wickham. He's way out. He's out. He's and he, he's a bit more of an outdoorsman than a city guy. It's like being in the city, his skin was crawling. Like okay. he, he wanted to leave, and I'm like, bro, this is where it's at. Anyway, yeah, I hear like, that. Like we spent like ten minutes in Seffridges, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I'm trying to spend an hour in here and he's just. Like, go I want to get out of here. There's too many people. Ex- yeah. He's wow. more of a man who's in the who's in the is in the in the woods with his dogs. I can't believe. But there's a I'm literally someone who is fighting between being a city girl and having the longest weaves and be like, give me my personal shoes, and then a girl that literally just wants to get put my hair in dreads and then DIY and like just build a house in Barbados with my kids and my dog and my man. Okay. Like, all right. So look, I we need to. Talk about this. Overall, is gentrification as bad as it seems? Or does it just have bad elements with good outcomes? Okay, let's be real. So, nothing is... So that's a good question, right? Nothing, oh, yeah. nothing okay. is entirely, entirely one way. Right. You can find goods and bads in everything. But if you are talking about for black people... I think most cases for black people, uh, again, I wouldn't even say it's bad. Has gentrification been favorable to black people? No. No. Okay. I could say favorable. Would I say that gentrification um, 
has been beneficial for black people to see that these roads that some of you men are dying for do not belong to you um does gentrification allow for you to open your horizon um beyond your your radius of new people moving in and you understanding a bit more about financial literacy and what it means to buy property it sometimes by being shat on makes you realize that you need to do something about it and right. by doing something about it means you have to find that information and by finding that information means i don't want to be like my mom so i'm going to go to university and get a good job and i don't want to be like my dad and i'm going to buy a house because i don't want it to be able to that someone's kicked my kids out and we have to move out somewhere i don't want to raise my kids in a home that they then don't have are not entitled to or blah 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 i don't like that my area doesn't look like the area that i used to have so i'm going to do something about it i think that is the good thing quote unquote of gentrification mm -hmm. is that it's really forced black people to understand that these people have not been for us because we know that but sometimes we forget it we are not we are not um safe in our communities unless we do something about it right um and it put a little fire under us to actually do something about it mm -hmm. yeah you know what i just thought about something that was something you just said that now my brain is like moving getting a group of people black people i think that's what if we have an issue with gentrification mm -hmm. what we need to do as a black as black people is Come together, like Ty said, and put money together and develop our own communities, develop our own neighborhoods and make them mm -hmm. employ, make employment, sorry, make employment opportunities for our people mm -hmm. and make livable housing for our people mm -hmm. as opposed to, I don't want to say allowing, but allowing white people or foreign investors to come in scoop up this this land because it's abandoned and then they decide they mm -hmm. want to create an area that is is profitable and property value is higher for the people they want in we need to do that for ourselves agreed mm -hmm. and i will say yeah and i want people to hear me when i say this they always this is uh, yeah but i just wanted to hear this do not as we have this conversation and everything that we've spoken about, do not uh, believe that we have never done this, okay? Mm -hmm. Because we have. Um, there right. is a reason why my gra grand um, our grandparents were able to uh, buy houses and stuff. There's a reason why our grandparents were, came over from the Caribbean and then they sent someone else back and then they came and then he put money together and they sent someone else and then they come over. That is what we, our families have been families of right. partners. I don't know if it's called partners here mm -hmm. where it's like everyone puts in the money and then, yeah. Everybody has to draw. That's what we draw. call it. Yeah, yeah, so it's partner, partner right? Partner, Susu, or the whole yeah, thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So Susu. that, Susu, it's the basic, the same, it's so basically, uh, Susu. same thing as a partner. Do you know Besides what? Besides a Janena song. What? <laughs> <laughs> head, continue, I, don't <laughs> I don't understand any of this. So basically back in the day, that's what they used to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and I don't know if it's because we've conducted, uh, we've been around these white people for too long now. We're just here taking up their things now. And we now think that it's a, like, we can just think of only self, but that is how we've been able to acquire wealth in the past. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to go back to some of those tactics, those tactics. If you cannot afford to buy a house on your own, buy a house with your friend Thank and then you, use Jesus. that money as leverage to buy another house. And then if it becomes a thing where you both have now two houses and then you buy out each other or whatever, and you 
you have just this one owns one and you owe the other that is fine but do those things yes. we don't do that enough anymore mm. and that is how people were able, that the we know the asians do it child mm. come on i mean the indians, the indians do, come on the indians they're the masters do it. of it they indians do it tenfold the hispanics do it tenfold and black people we used we used to do it yes. i know we don't do it as much anymore and i think we need to get back to that because that is how people acquire wealth quickly quickly i i'm always saying you are not your black past Bridget, understand something first things first speaking as a west indian or a descendant of west indians everybody in the west indies owns their house ain't nobody renting out there yeah, true. say what you want we come from home ownership yeah we don't do debt we do home ownership and despite what any ignorant person might think we're not all living in 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 rickety places and stuff we got nice multi-level (laughs) multi-bedroom multi-washroom we do it up down there anyway so we come from that don't let anybody tell you tell you otherwise same for anybody as a descendant of africa this is what we do we own land they're not making any more land so do it second of all i'm tired of hearing about what the white man with the white man with the white man i get it you're right the white man, and we're not talking about white people. We're talking about the proverbial white man, mm-hmm. right? We all know what I'm talking about. But if you're going to complain about the white man, but you haven't done anything to learn the white man system, shh, it's 2023. You got to shut up. Like Ty said, you can buy something. You can buy something with friends. Black people have to stop being afraid to participate in group group economics. Mm. You, your brethren, your three brethren, your four brethren, get a piece of paper, write a contract. Everybody go spend a little thousand, fifteen hundred, eight hundred dollars on a lawyer and get it all squared yeah, away and real. jump into something together. Right? Learn the system. Second of all, stop being afraid of financial literacy yeah. ain't nobody saying go and get an mba from from university of toronto to, to, to now learn how to get in get into a house bridgen i was it doesn't matter how old i was i was much younger i'm driving home and i was fraidy 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 subconsciously for the whole time one day i'm like you know what let me just stop in this td bank and talk to one of these mortgage people let me just do it i don't know what the thing was and i went in there and here goes JC thinking he's 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 Mr. Brokey Pants, right? Mm-hmm. So I go in there and I'm saying, I want to talk to one of your mortgage advisors. I talked to a mortgage advisor, right? A wonderful Indian lady, young girl, young woman at the time, right? And she's like, oh my gosh, JC, you got a pretty impressive portfolio. I said, what? I'm like, I thought I was broke. She's like, no, why do you think you're broke? I'm like, I don't, I don't have that much money. She's like, yeah, you don't have a ton of money, but she's like, you also don't have any debt and your credit, your credit score is pretty good. She's like, what I need you to do is uh, make sure you, you pay your cell phone bill on time. Cause that's the one recurring thing that you're not doing well, but she's like outside. Of, so again, I stopped in on a random chance to the bank to find out that I'm actually a really good uh, applicant for a mortgage. I randomly dropped into a sales office thinking I need 60, 70, $80,000 to put down on a property. I went into the, into the sales center for the first condo I bought and they're like, oh yeah, 18, 18 grand and you're, you're yeah, in the door. That's what I'm, saying. I'm like, well, what about any other things? He's like, well, I would say save about 12 to $14,000 um, for all your closing costs. But he's like, that's pretty much it. And I'm here thinking that I needed quadruple that amount to get in the game right we have to stop being afraid to ask these institution questions because we have a bridging of a bridging of a bridging who got mashed up by a banking system or some kind of shitty investment also, once upon a time and also or not even that it's just that you just assume 
Just stop. Yes. Not even just like some, you're so, someone you're that your so, friend knew. Da, 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 da. We just know we're hearing, oh my God, rent in Toronto is so expensive. Oh my God, housing prices in Toronto are so expensive. Da, 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 da. But like you, nobody has actually even gone to look to see what your individual circumstances. Right. Two people can go in on the same house and they're not getting the same mortgage. Right. You right. can go and buy. Yo, Reg, no one said you have to give up the place you're currently renting or staying with your parents to get into the get into the real estate game. Some people would say it's more advantageous to buy something and just get a renter in it right away. But the thing is, we have to talk. It's mm -hmm. 2023. There are mechanisms in place to make sure that everybody is protected when it comes to investing, right? Mm -hmm. Similar to what Ty was saying, if two or three of us get a place and then we use that leverage to get another place and then we use that, that leverage to get another place, all it took was one small investment with a group of people, multiply that by what, five realistically 10 years and now everybody's in their own unit yes. and it all started from that initial investment mm -hmm. but we we can't be afraid if you guys think in our lifetime canada's gonna turn into a city of black people <laughs> then wait it out but until then learn the quote-unquote white man's game and play it because at Agreed. the end of the day what you'll realize is once you get into this game there's a lot less racism than you think there's a lot more people trying to help you than you think, but you have to help yourself first. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting on the hood of your car, if, if your car breaks down, Chris Rock said this, if you are sitting, if your car breaks down and you are sitting on the hood with your thumb up on the freeway, no one's going to no one's going to stop and help you. Mm -hmm. But if your car breaks down on the freeway and you are behind pushing with all your might, give it 15 seconds. Someone's going to pull over to help you push. People help those who help themselves. Yes. And you have to take the first step. I like that analogy. You I, have yeah. to take the first I don't step. It's true though. And I, the first step is knowing where you stand. Because rather than thinking, oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. No, go find what little thing you can start at perfecting to make your overall portfolio look better. This whole thing, well, I mean, financial crisis, whatever. But this whole thing is I thought I needed 20% to put down on your first house. No, you don't. Then everybody's yeah. talking about, oh, but but the mortgage insurance, if you don't put down 20%, you have to pay mortgage insurance, $17 a week. Yeah. Some of you guys are spending $17 a week on McDonald's. Yeah, I just think, and the, like, obviously. Oh, and sorry, one more thing. If you're trying to get into the real estate game and you're already in a Benz, do you think that looks good on your portfolio to the person at the bank who's going to give you the mortgage? Because remember, it's not this magical number and, and and lever that you have to hit it's what they're willing to do for you they'll push through paperwork harder for you if they believe in you but you stepping into a bank with minimal money minimal salary and minimal credit history but you're in a foreign yeah you're much better off to be medium 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 in a in a honda civic because yeah. it shows where your priorities lie yeah. If there's no way you should be in a $40,000 car, but you're looking to get into your first investment. It just doesn't make sense. Spare yourself that $40,000 car, hook up with your bredgen and go buy something. Winning isn't being Bob Iger money, LeBron James money, Michael Jordan money. Bro, there are a lot of people that are winning 
with yeah. a smooth six yeah, digits and I in the think, bank account. And I think, I think we've been stuck in that mindset for a Too very long. long time where you just assume that you must have this mass amount of wealth to be able to put your foot in the property ladder. We are not saying it's easy. Like, no it is still difficult. Easy. Yeah, uh, I know we're saying, get do this, do this and make it sound like it's easy. It's, we're not saying that it's easy, but we're not saying it's impossible. And right. that is what we're trying to say. Right. It's not impossible. As much as things have really shifted in our lifetime in terms of the the amount of wealth it, like it is expensive yes. to do but it's not impossible to do even still in 2023 so find out what your options are you might have to buy like people buy houses and places that they're not going to live any all the time yeah. if your first property has to be in alberta i don't know let it be rent let the place be. out and let someone else live it and definitely do, don't live in alberta though I mean, I don't know. I don't know about that. Why know. not? I don't know the what that looks right. like. But all I'm saying is, if your house has to be somewhere that you're not living in, to buy a house and put someone in there, so you can just have that as a stepping stone because it's cheaper for you to get into that market somewhere else other than Toronto, then do that. Yeah. And I would say, coming from the Detroit perspective, I feel like maybe there, if you can't get the one, two, three friends, Maybe this needs to be a whole community effort where I, and, and th- th- there would have to be checks and balances and ways about doing this. But I think that you have to find a way to get the community to invest into the community to be able to update and, and give it a facelift and make it better and make it like there's I, I, I'm just thinking out of I'm just thinking like, mm. I'm trying to find solutions to a city like Detroit where you you have a, unfortunately a lot of um people who lack the income mm. and you know I'm thinking of an Atlanta where that's a very black city mm. it's a very wealthy black city mm. it's one of very few wealthy black cities I I can't off the top of my head I can't think of any other very wealthy black cities but in Detroit specifically I'm thinking Maybe we need to find a way to, and I said we, like, you know, put myself in there now. We need to find a way of getting some community funding somehow that will reinvest into exactly into the community and rebuild that to make it safer and more affordable. And, but it needs an update. The, the, the only problem with this, with the, 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 the concept of community is community requires trust. And it's just not going to happen. It's not about black people. It's not about white people. It's about human beings, right? In so I've, I've spent enough time with you and Ty. Mm-hmm. So we are like this. But yeah. I can't say that for every black person I, 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 I made up on the street. Yeah. So, so hear me out, right? If, if we're talking investment, me, you, and Ty... We pitch a little, let's just say whatever. We, we, we pool our money to do our thing. Then extra gravy, they pool their money. We're not together yet. Mm-hmm. But once they have, once the three of us have our investment mm-hmm. and they have their investment, we know we're focused. They know they're focused. And based on our actual portfolios, now we see, wait, well, wait a minute. We have a house and they have a house. So they have skin in the game. Now maybe we can think about collecting. 
Now add on the next group of three people, the next group of people. So now we're up to 12 people who are on, who are, who are like-minded, but 12, trying to get 12 individuals on the same page with no uh, uh, trust okay. and accountability between each other. I think it's just a recipe for us to keep spinning our heels. Yeah. That makes sense. And I think that there are Start tight, tight and then we'll. And then work I see out. what you're saying. Yeah. That makes there sense. Are, that makes sense. Yeah. There are places like, there's this show that I watch called, um, Love and, marriage, love and marriage Huntsville, um, and it's, it's called in what? Love and marriage Huntsville, Huntsville. It's in Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama, Alabama. Um, affluent. Okay. Well, it's not. Can I keep saying affluent? Majority black uh, city. Affluent people. Uh, no, not. It's still. It's. It's not affluent. Upper middle class. It's. It's not. It, is it a Detroit or is it an Atlanta? No, it's not a Detroit. It's a very. It's a country. It's a country southern. Mm place it, there's rundown areas however there are what they're basically doing is black people are pulling in their money mm -hmm. um and they're buying land and properties and they're building and there's loads of like black property property developers that's what the show is is following um three three or four couples and they're all into property development and they're by they're creating like houses condos like bars and stuff and developing stuff but they basically created a group at this point they have fallen out based on the because of the show really mm. but if they weren't on the show they probably wouldn't have fallen out um but they've they've fallen out but at the beginning it was them buying this acres of land and they all had different skills like they were a few of them were property developers one was a, like a closing agent blah 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 they had different skills to help pull them in to build these houses and i think it needs to be like that they were friends mm. so as to your point they need they were friends but for detroit i i said this before but i'm gonna say this again it's very different to the gentrification that we're speaking on and i think that with detroit it's not leading just in the um the building of homes to gentrify the area and make it look better we need that needs to be an injection of financial employment opportunities so i think it would be really beneficial if someone wanted to um do a cash injection into Detroit or a what? Sorry. Cash cash injection. Oh, cash. Into Detroit or do a group where they're building um like a group together and putting money together and stuff that you build in job opportunities with that. So like I said before, in the UK in some of the in some of the areas like in i'm just talking about south london i don't really know anybody else to be honest but south london right um there are in every area there's a bit of like a high we call them high street so high street has a bunch of shops um but further out of those ripples are just houses right but some people once you get to further like 20 minutes if you're talking about a 20 minute 30 minute walk to this high street anything further than that you need to start having like corner shops and stuff like that just corner shops that people like can go to to buy like delis bodegas i'm trying to think of other words that people mm. understand what i meant by corner shop um but eventually what they started to do is build out these flats that had sainsbury's metros farm boys underneath them you see them how they build condos like that in toronto now as well mm. because they're they're at least a 20 minute walk 30 minute walk from that high street so detroit needs stuff like that if you are planning to build out it's not a, it's not 
worth just buying the block to buy the block and put houses there if people can't afford to mm -hmm. live in those houses or people have to live in them and drive which means another form of um, money that you'll need to be able to afford a car to drive 30 minutes to the local place to buy food and stuff yeah. like that you need to have corner shops you need to have stores that will then have jobs for that community to run those stores mm -hmm. but also have places for people to spend their money right right within a 20 minute 30 I, minute I will, radius to walk. i will say another thing that detroit needs is a much better public transportation system for sure and i think that cities that tend to thrive especially if have a, a high flux of Absolutely. black people is their public transit system allows them to easily get but what to, comes to, but sorry to cut you off what comes first it, i'm just asking the, the chicken or the egg does mm. do you get quality public transportation and an influx of residents or do you get a bunch of people buy buy the the cheap property build houses live there and then you petition the city saying hey we need public transportation it's a it's you know what i mean which which comes first that's a great question i i think this is just me being personal and i'm gonna answer personal i think public transit is probably would be a priority for me because then those people who do live in the inner city, they have the accessibility. Cause I think in a private conversation, we talked about food deserts mm -hmm. and, and grocery stores and stuff like that are not easily accessible in Detroit because things are so far. Mm -hmm. And that's the ties point, the additional money you need to a car mm. because the public transportation is not as good. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're putting your money into gas a, a vehicle mm -hmm. to get to the food and stuff mm -hmm. but then now you probably don't have as much funds to utilize the other stuff whereas if you take out the cost for a vehicle and all the things associated with that and put public transit in then those people who probably don't make as much money they can afford to take the public they transit system somewhere else and yeah and then they and the other thing they can if they have they probably can find employment Maybe it's a bit further than where they live, but it's easy to access because the public transit is there mm -hmm. and then they can get that. So I was just as me personally thinking that the public transit is probably a bit more important. This is the thing. And I 100% agree with you. And in an ideal situation, that's exactly what it should be done. And that is where Toronto, although I feel like these lines is light work, <laughs> um, has done and where yeah. the UK thrives. But, but what, and I can say that from London specifically, you they add lines where there is demand and where there is right. need. Mm -hmm. And if you're coming from Detroit, who's already, like you said, how many times that they file for bankruptcy, they do not have the money, although they have the infrastructure, they do not have the money to invest in that when they don't know that there is enough people uh, purpose for that. So right. they won't do that. So what, unfortunately, you'd have to do it the other way where you have to create, and that's why I said that you need to not just create these homes, but you need to have the employment Business. opportunities yeah. in right. these random towns so that people can do that in their small silo right? right and then once you see that there's an injection of wealth and people are starting to make money then it's like oh we need to multiply we need to this connect business. we need to yes. be able to connect them right we need to be able to connect Fair. them and then there's like oh then we should stop we're talking about a 30 year project right here it might even take longer if we talk about the fact that so many people are saying how what's that 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 train line edmonton 
Edmonton. What's that? What's that train line? That's Eglinton. Oh, Eglinton. Eglinton. Yeah. That's been people saying that they've been living here all of their life. Reg, and it's looked like that. They've been the talking event, about it from I was in high school. They, it, really, Reggie? Literally, it's all thirty-year plans. Mind you, it depends on whether you're comp. And again, we have to talk about corrupt systems. We have the infrastructure already to to do that. It's it's funny how somewhere as small as London, as jam-packed as we are, how sardine-like we are are able to dig out and carve out another underground system yeah. that links to many other things and is efficient to somewhere that like Toronto that has so much space to do that, but it's taking decades I, to do. I, I, it's insane. But to, uh, Detroit needs to do that, but they yeah. need the cash influx to do that. And mm. if they do, and unfortunately in the way, in the years, um, in the time that we are now, that, mass amount of money is either going to come from a specific person mm -hmm. who has millions a billionaire that injects that money or a corrupt system that's going to go yeah, through that I, and then they're going to be doing money say, and then it just fucks up the system as far yeah. as and i know you have something you want to say mm -hmm. uh jc but i would say as far as london i met a homie of mine at the o2 mm -hmm. arena mm -hmm. area i was staying at nice convent garden area and i met him Took me 25 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, and Ty, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the distance was like going from here to like Scarborough yeah, or far, something yeah. like that. It was far. It's mm -hmm. far. It was far. So like cities need that type of system to be able to have the accessibility mm -hmm. they need. Because I remember growing up in Detroit and the closest grocery store was not walking distance. Mm -hmm. And that's, now I live in Toronto. Crazy. Now I have three, four grocery stores right. yeah. within walking distance. That's what I would never. That's what I said. I would store. never. People used to say, "Oh, if you can't afford to live in London, then you have to go outskirts." I am never living anywhere that I have to drive to go get food. What do you yeah. mean? Yo, it's even crazy. in London, I just had to yo, quick bop, ten minutes out the road. I forgot my. I forgot milk. I need to run out and grab some milk. I should be able to do that and not feel like whatever I leave out by the time I come back, it's be dry up. Right? Like, like what? London. I remember even in London, bro. I could not. Pass a, t a Tesco, Love uh, Tesco. Uh, a Sainsbury, um, Sainsbury's uh, baby. I don't know the way you said me, that. Yeah, uh, a little, I think it's called Littles. Like all of those places, everywhere I went, you can find those places and they're easily. big. Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the Tesco's no. expresses aren't that big because we have we have like we have Tesco's which is like huge and they'll be like a Walmart size, mm -hmm. but they also have Tesco expresses, expresses which are small right. ones that will be like. A longos or something like that. It's just like a small version gotcha. of it, which you can just get like your quick stuff that you need. You can get everything, but just not the variety that you would in a big. Tesco's. I did hate their their um, pharmacy though. Which boots. One? Boots. Why? And Sainsbury's. Um, I don't know. Um, oh, I like boots. I just didn't realize it was a pharmacy. It's not a pharmacy. It's kind of like sorry. It's kind of like a shopper. It's like shoppers. It's the same as shoppers. Shop so well, shoppers. Shoppers has, has a pharmacy in yeah. it. Yeah, and it's basically when, some I, of them when I think have a pharmacy, pharmacy, I think yeah, shoppers. yeah, no, no. Boots is boots has. Most of Boots have pharmacies in it. Okay. That you can even get your eyes done. You can like when they do like you can get same same as shoppers like flu season, get all your injections yeah. and stuff like that done. Yeah. You get that there. So the I just I just want to leave the podcast with this little piece of information to munch on. Some of us need to get out of let's not say what we need to get out of. We need to get into a delayed gratification mindset. You work hard, you wanna play hard, you take you take $40,000, $50,000 and you go, you buy yourself your Benz, your Mercedes, 
whatever you want. That's 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 fine and dandy if that's how you want to play it. But I had a conversation, and this individual told me with proof that in Brownsville, Brooklyn, their aunt inherited they inherited a three level brownstone from their mother. Wow. And he goes, Oh my gosh, you should take out a loan and renovate it. Really spruce it up. Like don't sell it. You should renovate it and rent it. So this person goes, No, Brownsville's the hood. What? I don't I don't really want it. No, 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 Auntie. Trust me. You should like I'll give you my own money. And you can, you know, we'll tear down the drywall, put up new drywall, fresh paint. We'll throw up some new lights, some pot lights, new switches, new plugs. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll upgrade the kitchen. We'll be good. I, I know people. We could. No, 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 sweetie. You don't know about this stuff. I know. I'm going to sell it. And that's it. She sold it <laughs> in 2012. For seven hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, no, 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 I'm lying, I'm lying. So I'm, I'm wrong on the year, but she sold it for seven hundred thousand dollars. That person showed me the, the the text messages, showed me the posting on their on their their version of their MLS, right? Sold for seven hundred thousand dollars. That same brownstone in 2023. Is worth four point seven. Of course, it is. Of course, it is. And you know what? You you, you see his aunt. She's be, she's fucking beside herself because that would be a gold mine for her Honestly, kids. Let me leave this because I had this conversation with my family members as well, and I was actually talking to my friend Amma about it because we're actually talking about more property in the Caribbean and stuff like that because that's where my family have um, land, and we don't obviously i have family that owns property in the uk but majority of us own land that i would be inherited to in um the caribbean but she was saying that how her family want to um sell their land in the caribbean and i literally cringe and scream like the idea that people own things and they want to sell without the thought of buying something else, but just to just sell it just for the sake of selling it makes no sense to me. I just want to put my last words on this is that whatever you have to do to keep property or land in your family, you have to do that. If it meant that I would have to live in a room in Toronto with fucking strangers so that I can keep my property in Barbados, I would do that. You do not in this day and age where land is scarce. Land is scarce. There is no more land. When land is gone, there's no more land. So for you guys, people to have property, to own land, and then just be like, willy-nilly, like, I'm going to sell it, and you're not even selling it for the sake of buying something else. And if you're buying something else, you're buying something that doesn't even make, because I'm going to downsize. Downsize? (laughs) Are you insane? Like, it doesn't make any sense. So I say this to say, especially now of people of our generation where grandparents are passing um, mothers are mothers and fathers are you know inheriting land and stuff and unfortunately especially people in there if you're in your 30s and your 20s and you're listening to this our parents are not as as much as they like to like they know things um 
they have a different education than we do and they have some of them have a different mindset of financial literacy we know now whether that's you learn on youtube tiktok whatever you read what school you listen to blah 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 we have a more creative understanding of ways that you can build wealth when you own land make sure that you fight it might seem disrespectful to you but from that story that you just told me you need to fight your family sometimes to force them to not make silly decisions like that because it can literally be detrimental to generational not even where you are now but generational wealth for them their family and your family in general so fight like i it some of us just feel like it's we don't want to do it we don't want to do the ag we don't want the friction we don't want to disrespect our elders but actually when it comes to land fight for it forget all of this you don't want to be disrespectful be disrespectful because they need to know how dumb they are being yeah um my last words on this is i was thinking of like two different things but i'm gonna tell both of them Mm -hmm. one I remember walking with my grandmother when she was alive years ago and um, she was saying we were walking on young kind of Rosedale area, a little north of that, maybe like Summerhill, something like that. And she was looking, she, she pointed out these, these condos building, condo buildings. And she was like, you know, I wish I would have bought one of those when they were $300,000. They were $300,000. And she's like, I could have passed that on to you because I would have had a nice condo in a nice area. It was going for $300,000. I can imagine. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to fact check that. I imagine that those condos are now worth over a million, $2 million. Easy. easy Absolutely. Easy. The other thing that um, I wanted to say, and unfortunately I kind of forgot it. So I'm going to keep talking until I can remember it. <laughs> <laughs> is um oh i remember it there you go is the difference between a gener- the 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 wealth gap between black people and white people and this is the thing that i want i think if i have children um how we go about things is part of the issue is the wealth gap now racism and all of those things systematic racism are effects that but the difference between a white person and a black person is the white person is like, look at this house that I get to leave to my children. Where the black person is, look at this house that I bought for my mom. Mm. You know, and it's it's different because where white people are, their children are inheriting the homes mm-hmm. their parents left for them. We're buying homes for our parents. Mm-hmm. And that creates a that's the that's an issue because realistically you had a negative we shouldn't be buying homes for our parents our parents should be able to have homes that we leave to them and that's something that I want to be able to do I want to be able to have a home where I'm buying now when I make it big with my film ting and everything you know what I'm saying I'm on my film shit film by red mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy a home for you know the family but I'm hoping that that same home will be stay within the family and I can leave it to my children or whoever in my family needs a place to stay. Because I think that one thing people shouldn't have to worry about is where they're going to lay their head at night mm-hmm. for a place to sleep. That's a fact. That's it. That's all I got. Let's close it out. 
Thanks for listening. This was a gentrification episode. I think it was a great conversation. I learned a lot. Buy up the buy 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 up buy all up the, the property. Block. Buy up the block. Buy up the block. Buy up as much cheap property as you can. So when gentrification comes, at least they have to buy it from us. That's facts. Um. So yeah, check us out. Podcast on the internet. Podcast on Instagram. Excuse me. ABCs of Black Pod. That's A B C O F B L A C K P O D. You can follow me. Ty's looking at me like, did you know how to spell black? You should know how to spell black. And you can follow me on Instagram personally, filmed by red. That's F-I-L-M-E-D-B-Y-R-E-D-D. Ty. You can follow me on Instagram at Ty Noel, T-I-Y-E-N-O-E-L-L-E. Period. And you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram at the Hovington Post, T-H-E-H-O-V-I-N-G-T-O-N-P-O-S-T. Bye. Peace. Thanks for listening, everybody.